until you cry down the hall. Alarm clock starts ringing. Who could that be singing? It's me, baby. Would you wake up? Call. How do you like me now? How do you like me now? Now that I'm on my way, you still think I'm crazy? Yeah, boy. Standing here today, I couldn't make you love me, but I always dreamed about living in your radio. How do you like me now? Yeah. How do you like me now? Now that I'm on my way, you still think I'm crazy standing here today. I couldn't make you this ride out out of respect here out of respect oh yes oh yes how we fucking feeling rest in peace toby keith uh died last night in his sleep at the age of 62 um succumb to stomach cancer my name is jimmy seleski uh i'm kicking off this daily series uh lfts daily i don't know what we're gonna call it yet um the podcast is still up and going we had to take a little hiatus a lot of different developments going on in in my and eric's lives uh but we are planning on bringing it back very very shortly um, just kind of had to reconfigure how everything's going to go. I'd like to be able to bring you guys uh, five days a week of daily content plus the weekly podcast, LFTS podcast that we've all come to know and love. Um, the, 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 the difference is Eric has what I call a job. Eric has a job. Uh, he actually does things for a living. Cool things. Very cool things. He's in Phoenix right now filming something. Um, Whereas you may have noticed, I am here, and I'm always here, every day. I have no reason to not be giving you guys a good 45 minutes to an hour of daily content uh, to keep you going, keep you greased up. Um, so I'm actually looking forward to that. Believe it or not, I have been uh, recording uh, uh, an hour's worth of content every Monday through Friday for the past almost a month. I'm not kidding about that. The first week I just sat on my computer chair at my apartment, turned my phone recorder on just so I could listen back to it, and just kind of chatted, talked about stuff, practiced the idea of having a quote-unquote show. And uh, after three and a half weeks of content for no one, I've decided to to, to just send it. Sometimes you just gotta send it. Um, so we're sending it. That again was Toby Keith. Rest in peace, my man. I gotta be honest. Um, I have never really, up to this point in my life, been in any way affected by a celebrity death. Um, in fact, there's only a handful of deaths in general that uh, in my personal life that have genuinely affected me. Um, uh, and, and this morning my brother texted me saying that Toby Keith had died. Um, we had known that he was, he was battling cancer for quite some time. I think he was diagnosed in, in 2022. So it's been a two year battle. Um, I believe. And, uh, I started just kind of thinking like, ah, I'll talk about Toby on the, we're on a first name basis, by the way. Uh, I'll talk about Toby on the show today you know, and, um, you know, maybe I'll open up with a song of his and, uh, dude, I, I started thinking about the song I wanted to play and it was this song, How Do You Like Me Now? And I popped it on YouTube while I was doing some other planning for the show and man, I, I damn near welled up. 
I didn't cry. Uh, no liquid fell from my eyes, but I got that little rush of like eye swelling. Well, when it just feels like your whole brain rushes to your eyes, um, because I hadn't really thought about how much um, this one particular artist had made a mark on my life. And and that sounds like a, a very, uh, you know, it makes it sound like I was this big Toby Keith fan, and that's not necessarily the case. But, um, you know, I, I appreciate a lot of his music. I grew up with a lot of his music. Um, but when I listened to that song, How Do You Like Me Now, I remember that was like the first song that I can really think back to that I remember hearing on the radio and and just wanting so badly to hear it again. And I I was a, a 90s kid. You know, there was no... LimeWire hadn't been invented yet. Illegally downloading MP3s on the internet was not a thing. And, and even if it was a thing, I, at, you know, seven years old, was certainly not about to do it. Um, so I you know, would sit there and listen to 93.1 WPOC, Baltimore's local country station. And uh, I had a boombox and I had a couple blank tape cassettes and I would sit there and just listen for it and wait, you know, for that song to come on. And when it finally did, I hit record. And now, now that's how I got a song. That's how you you got a song back then unless you could go to a record store or whatever. Um and and it was that song, and it, there was a couple other songs that really had that effect on me. Um, American Pie by Don McLean was one of them, and uh, this song. And, and, and looking back, it's it, this this particular song. It, it's such a it, it's it's catchy, and it the, I love the statement it makes. I love the statement it makes. Um, I I you know in in high school and, and especially trying to be a musician myself. Um, in my in my later teen years, it's 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 really it's a relatable type of feeling. It's a relatable type of story. It's a great kind of just like gotcha, bitch. I mean, the whole song is just gotcha, bitch. How do you like me now? Living in your radio. How do you like me now? I fucking made it. You know, I I love it, man. I love it. And and I don't think most people would bring up that song as maybe his, one of his, uh, it's certainly one of his more popular songs. I believe it was a number one hit on the country charts for a, for a time. I think it was released in 99. Um, but I think, you know, most people, when they think about Toby Keith, the, they think of, brought to your courtesy of the red, white, and blue. And let me tell you something, man. If you don't like that song, fuck you. Sorry. I don't care what your politics are. You can be a red-blooded American soldier. My daddy fought in Vietnam. Or you could be, you know, some other guy. I'm not going to say who, but you could be anybody. If you don't like that song, that's a, you know what that song is? That song is a, you had to be there. Because let me tell you something. I was nine years old in 2001. I had just turned nine when September 11th occurred. And when that song came out, dude, it was powerful. And again, I'm saying that as a nine-year-old kid. I remember it was the only swear word that was allowed to be said on the radio at the time. We'll put a boot in your ass. It's the American way. They didn't bleep that shit out. They let that shit ride. When that song came on, out of respect, out of respect, there was a big thing with the, you know, Dixie Chicks were like, you're oversimplifying global conf. Okay, perhaps, maybe so. But you know what? Sometimes... You know, he he made that song was making a statement that resonated with the sentiments of a lot, probably most Americans at that time, 
There was a big surge of patriotism at that time. People were proud to be of Americans. We were all unified. And again, nine years old, and I, I picked up on this. Uh, you didn't have to be a genius to see that. Um, and and sure, it was that song. Believe it or not, was not a carefully uh, concocted, concise prescription of uh, you know intercontinental dynamics and social whatever. It was a fucking song that said, we're America, you fucked up by messing with us. It channeled all that patriotism, it channeled that pride, and uh, I just just can't, I mean, I can't imagine disliking that song. And here's another thing I'll say about Toby Keith. Um, Toby Keith was not even like a Ted Nugent type guy where his whole thing was being a fucking Trump supporter or whatever. He was just a dude who was proudly kind of a, you know, conservative-ish, old school, patriotic American guy. And that was considered obnoxious politics. Um what I find to be, I guess, ironic about that is if you compare Toby Keith and the amount that he, or lack thereof, that he actively was constantly pushing his politics, and you compare that to every celebrity on, let's say, the Grammys, which happened two nights ago, I'm starting to think that maybe it's not the level of political discourse in your music and public interface, but rather the side you're on. Because I can't think of a musician or actor or any celebrity that I saw on the Grammys the other night, which I didn't see because I didn't watch it, much like every other person. But, you know, I've seen the past 15. That's also a lie. I haven't. I know for a fact, <laughs> without having watched a Grammys uh, in, in maybe ever, I think I've watched a couple here and there. I don't know. But the virtue signaling, everything like that, it go, it's, it's everywhere. It's ubiquitous, which is a word I couldn't wait to use. And uh, that's, just, that's just par for the course when you're espousing those type of beliefs. So, hey, you don't like Toby Keith's political beliefs, whatever, but I saw a couple tweets today that were just disgraceful, dude. Just disgraceful. There was a story, um, uh, apparently there was a Rolling Stones story, which uh, many people in the comments were saying didn't actually happen. Some people said that... Uh, it, you know, they denied it, that it never happened. But uh, apparently there was an altercation of sorts between Toby Keith and Chris Christopherson at Willie Nelson's 70th uh, birthday concert, which, I mean, Willie Nelson's like 104 now or something. So that must have been a, a while back. I think this is right after uh, the courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue came out. So it would have been early 2000s, 01, 02, 03, whatever. And... uh Toby Keith apparently saw Chris Christopherson in the corner of the room and walked by and scoffed at him. None of that lefty shit here tonight, Chris. To which Chris Christopherson responded, and I'm paraphrasing here, Have you ever served in the military? Have you ever killed a man? Blah, 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 blah. Chris Christopherson apparently was in the military. Now, from all accounts, he served during peacetime stationed in Germany and has not killed anyone. Um, Also, I don't think that you necessarily need to have had served in the military and or killed someone in order to be a 
proud to be an American, B, support the troops, and C, have an opinion in general. So this kind of big W for Chris Christofferson and I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna debunk that. I don't think that's a W. You know what I think is a W? That Toby Keith has a ton of hits, and Chris Christopherson. I, I I can't think of a single Chris Christopherson song that I like. That I'm like, oh yeah, put on that Chris. And I'm saying this having just uh, indicated that. This actually never happened. Both of them deny this having ever had happened. Um, so if that's the case, sorry, Chris. I apologize. But have you ever killed a man? I haven't. Speaking of the Grammys, let's talk about... I, I'm going to spend a very... Very short time on this, folks, because uh, no one cares. The only thing that even stuck out as mildly talkaboutable was this clip I came across from one of America's power couples, let's say. The Carters. The Carters, Jay-Z, and Beyonce. The collective overratedness of Jay-Z and Beyonce combined is off the scales. I have never in my life come across more hype for a person, much less two people combined, than I have with those two. For some reason, if you walk up to any person in America and say, yo, Name your top five rappers of all time. Obligatorily, they will feel the need to include Jay-Z. Why? Why? It's almost like one of those things where it's like, you just have to say it. Oh, you got to put Jay in there. You got to put Hova. What the fuck is even Hova? Is that his other name? I guess, you know, yeah, Lil Wayne has Lil Wayne. He's got Wheezy's. Tucci. Okay, so you're a rapper. You get multiple names. Okay, I'll give you that. I don't know what it means. I don't know if it's a reference to the carpool lane or what. What? What? If, I, if I'm sitting here trying to... What bars of Jay-Z's are we going to put on the table to say this man is one of the five best rappers in American hip-hop history? What song? What verse specifically? I'm a 31-year-old man. I existed for quite some time on this planet. I've heard my fair share of music, in particular hip-hop, and I have never come across a Jay-Z song that made me go, wow, there are at most four other people on the planet who could do better than what he just did. That thought has never Cross my mind. And you know what? I don't think it's crossed most people's mind. But there are certain rappers that you just gotta put in there. Tupac. Biggie. I'm not even gonna get into them. But at least I can see where you're coming from. With those two. Jay-Z? A man whose claim to fame. One of the top things people will ref... Yo... He has even mentioned it himself. Okay, I'll say this. I do like the song Numb Encore. You know why? Because I like the song Numb. And so my favorite Jay-Z song, and I would argue probably a lot of people's favorite Jay-Z song, is a mashup he did with Linkin Park. Can I get an encore? Do you want more? Cooking raw with the Brooklyn. I did used to listen to that before wrestling matches and shit like that. That song is a good pump-up song. Who you know fresher than ho? Riddle me that. The rest of y'all know where I'm lyrically at. Can't none of y'all mirror me back. Man, hear me rap. It's like hearing G rap in his prime. Um, okay, that's a good verse. Is it a top five verse of all time? I would, I would say probably not. But it's a good verse. 
but it should say something when when most people's favorite Jay-Z song is not even a Jay-Z song necessarily. It's like a a, a mixtape mashup that's carried by the musical stylings of a whole other band. Should that not count for something? In that song, he says, with no pen, just draw off inspiration. Jay-Z has been bragging about this fact for basically his entire life, which is, I don't even write my lyrics down. I just remember them. When I come, who? Jay-Z, I got news for you. No one writes, when we say you wrote a song, most people are not physically sitting down with a pen and paper writing a song. I sometimes eventually write it down once I finalize the lyrics and, and want to like, you know, lock them in as a musician myself. But how is it a flex to say, I just come up with lyrics and I don't write them down? Maybe that's a flex in hip hop because there's videos of like Drake recording in the studio, reading off his phone. Maybe the prospect of remembering your own lyrics or lyrics that were written for you in some rappers' cases is an amazing feat. But I don't think it's an amazing feat, Jay. I don't think that that remembering the words you came up with is another drop in the barrel of why you're the greatest, one of the greatest rappers of all time. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, not that big of a deal. Here's, a, here's an idea. If you're a rapper slash artist of any form, you should remember your lyrics. You should come up with them and maybe not need to write them down and consult them at all times. Was, were, were the Beatles up on stage reading off teleprompters when they were singing their fucking four-hour-long catalog? I'm Paul McCartney. No pen, I just draw off inspiration. It was a terrible Paul McCartney impression. Not one of those guys bragged about not remembering the lyrics to the thousands of songs they've written. In fact, if anything, I recall watching an interview where Paul McCartney stated he doesn't even um, write the music down or the melodies or record the melodies of like tunes he comes up with. Because he argues if a melody that you come up with isn't good enough for you to remember it, then it wasn't that good. Now, I think that's pretty nuts because I'm constantly thinking on my own personal musical journey, humming little riffs and melodies that come in my head that, oh, that could be a song, blah, blah, blah. I'm constantly humming them in my phone. That, you know, I imagine they had tape recorders and shit like that back then that he could have done that. And, and he just said, yeah, I don't. I don't do that shit. A melody hits me. If I remember it, I remember it. If I don't, I don't. That's impressive. That's impressive. Remembering words? I don't know. And Beyonce? I'll, I'll play the clip. I'll play the clip. You know, just for context here. Um, here we go. This is on Twitter. You're going to see my full fucking page or whatever. I don't want to embarrass this young lady, but she has more Grammys than everyone and never won album of the year. So even by your own metrics, that doesn't work. Think about that. What are you doing, bro? The most Grammys, never won album of the year. That doesn't work. You know, some of you, you know, I don't want to embarrass this young lady, but she has more Grammys than everyone and never won This young lady, I... I it was, it was in reference to Beyonce. Uh, can anyone... This is a fun thought experiment. Can anyone think of a singular artist who is more underrated than the constantly overlooked, constantly underspoken for 
Miss Beyonce Knowles. I mean, she should be regarded as a queen, Queen B, perhaps. But the fact that no one ever talks about Beyonce, no one ever regards her music as genius or the best thing ever. I feel like people should. I feel like gay guys and, and, and 30-year-old women should be like obsessed with Beyonce. And the fact that they're not, Jay-Z's right. Jay-Z is right. People don't talk about Beyonce enough. She does not get enough credit for the things she has done in her career. She's only won, according to Jay-Z, more Grammys than anyone else in that room. But the fact that she has not received an album of the year Grammy, I agree, Jay. That's a slap in the face. Also, I couldn't help but notice you didn't even write that down. I mean, he was just drawing off inspiration in that speech. That, that is probably the biggest highlight of this clip. I mean, how did you remember all that, Jay? Holy shit. No, of course I'm being sarcastic, folks. I don't know if that was conveyed well. I can't think of a single artist who is constantly more hyped up than Beyonce. How can you possibly get on stage and make the argument that Beyonce has been overlooked by the music industry because of one singular award that she has yet to win? Is it possible, and, and bear with me here, bear with me, follow along. Is it possible that perhaps none of Beyonce's albums has been an album of the year? Is that on the table? Can I get a, anybody? Is it possible I like a couple Beyonce songs. I thought I liked more Beyonce songs until I found out that If I Were a Boy was a Rihanna song. Is that a Rihanna song? Let me double check that. Let's finalize this. Let's see. If I were a boy, I think I would understand. Okay, that's Beyonce. Okay. Okay, that's one more for Beyonce. One less for Rihanna. That's a Beyonce song. I like that song. Probably didn't write it. Um, all the single ladies, all the single ladies, oh, 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 Neo wrote that. Not saying that you have to write a song to win album of the year, but I might be saying you, you should. Is that a crazy take? Let me know if that's a crazy take. I, I think an album... The, the whole purpose of an album is supposed to be this like conceptual like uh, group of, of songs that all like like a, a good album is not merely a compilation of singles that have no relevance to one another. There's a, probably a reason why no greatest hits albums have one album of the year because you can't simply just take everyone's best songs, throw them on one CD or vinyl or a fucking Spotify album or wherever they are now and be like, this is the album of the year. It's got 12 amazing songs. I feel like a part of the whole award for album of the year is in recognition of this album that takes a feeling, a common theme and, uh, you know, embodies that via 10 to 15 songs that all tie into each other and all convey the same common theme and bring this, you know, idea along throughout the course of the album. You know, Good Kid, Mad City is a hip-hop album. Uh, I would even, I heard somebody say, you know, hip-hop albums ever win or no, no hip-hop albums have been worthy of winning. Somebody brought up Take Care by Drake, which we'll talk about Drake in a moment. Oh, believe me, we will. Um, even that was like, it kind of, like you can listen to a, a song from that album and know it's from that album. I don't know if Beyonce has done that. 
I don't know if Beyonce has had nearly as many hits as you would think she does, given how highly she's regarded. I genuinely don't. I mean, she's got hits, but you would think she has every hit based off the way people talk about her. You would think that she's the only person on the planet with hits, or at least the most. And that is most definitely not the case. Uh, I think her most recent album that was considered was maybe Lemonade. I listened to a couple songs off that. I, I don't know. Maybe it's, it, maybe it's a personal taste thing. I, I'm just not into it. I don't, nothing really ever hits me. It's like, ooh, that's a good, ooh, this is a good melody. Nothing really, it just, it has a very I'm me energy. Look at me, I'm me. And this, she might be the only, she might be the only pop star in the history of music to have had two separate people get up on stage in the middle of the acceptance of that award and in the case of Kanye West interrupting Taylor Swift a few years back, a while ago at this point, said, no, Beyonce should have won it. How many other artists have had that happen? How many other artists have not won an album of the year and had not one, but on two separate occasions, someone else get up on stage and say, yeah, yeah, whatever, your shit was good. I'm going to let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the best albums. But Jay is, Jay-Z is speaking truth to power. That's what's going on here. I don't know if you guys know that. That's what's going on. Jay-Z is, uh, you know, you know, taking up for the small people like Beyonce who, who again, just don't get the attention they deserve and, and, and using his position, you know, to, 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 to let the industry and the world know, Hey guys, I don't know if you've heard about this, but, uh, Beyonce, ring any bells, Billionaire greatest rapper of all time, Jay-Z. It's a hard knock, Mike, for us. Shut up. <sighs> Lil Wayne might be the greatest rapper of all time. Lil Wayne is somebody who, when you ask anyone, hey, who's your top five of all time? He's one of those guys that will very rarely be included in that list because that list is occupied by older heads, which is fair and understandable. But he's one of those guys where once they get finished, their, I'm going to let you finish. Once they get finished their list, their list of five, uh, Tupac, Biggie, uh, let's see, Nas, uh, Andre 3000, I was going to say M, but you got to have Hove in there. That's everybody. That's everybody my age's list. And that's how it always goes. I, I got to put M and M, in, I, but you got to have Hove in there too, man. How are you going to have Jay-Z? How are you not going to have Jay-Z in there by not having him fucking in there? You let them finish that little fucking spiel that every late 20s, early 30s person is going to run you through. And then you say, yo, what about Wheezy? It's wheezy, baby. Watch their reaction. Oh, shit, dude. True. Yeah, man. I gotta have Wheezy up there. How are you not gonna put Lil Wayne in the top five rappers of all time? I mean, I'm still to this day figuring out some of his bars. The song right above it alone on multiple occasions, just in the past year, this song has been out for over 10 years. If not close to 15. And I'm still hearing that song and getting one of his lines for the first time after having heard it hundreds of times. 
It's a gift that keeps on giving. Lil Wayne deserves more respect. Not that he doesn't have respect, but he's one of the few people that gets respect and actually still deserves more. Speaking of Lil Wayne and Young Money, uh, perhaps the most shall I say, salacious news of the day comes from our pal, Drizzy. Drizzy Drake. Drake um, had a very, I'm going to say fortunate leak occur today. Um, I had to talk about this with my friend Scott. We talked on the phone for an hour, not entirely about this leak. I can't show you this leak because it is literally Drake um, laying like kind of on a couch, it looks like, with like spread eagle facing a camera. Just, I don't know if he's jerking off or just like flexing his dick or what. Um, but I will say it's, it's, it's a good dick. I'll say that. Can I say that? Can I say it on the radio? I mean, it works. It works. I say fortunate because I can't really think of a leaked male dick that hasn't been a a, a, a big dick. And this is where I'm going to get into a little conspiracies here. What are the odds that every single celebrity who has had their nudes released to the public. What are the odds that they've all been good? Has there ever been a bad celebrity nude leak? Have we ever seen a leak of a celebrity and their flaccid small dick? Or has every pot, and this is more pertaining to the male leaks. Has there ever been a scenario where the leak hasn't been met with the public response of, okay, damn. Like, you're not even embarrassed by it. It's a seven-second clip of Drake in the best possible scenario. I guess he's jerking off. Or uh, my Scott says he was like, I guess, like filming himself in the mirror jerking off. I mean, anybody I know, including myself, that's not a video I'd want out there. I'm not, I got nothing to be ashamed of necessarily, but I mean... It's like the optimal, like the, the length is good. You know, you'd think with a leak, like how did they get the seven seconds, but not the, there had to be more to that video. How to just the best possible seven seconds leak. Oh, convi- oh man, somebody leaked my, my fucking jerk off video. Too bad it's the best fucking possible seven seconds that could have possibly existed. Not when I'm like halfway through looking like a fucking goon. Ugh. Where's that seven seconds? Where's the embarrassing seven seconds? Where's the, where's the initial part where you're not hard yet and you're just trying... Where's that part? Why is it always the, the coolest part? Dave Portnoy from Barstool Sports had a sex tape leak the other week. The first clip is him face-fucking an Instagram model on his yacht in the most Wolf of Wall Street coked up party rock star lifestyle fashion and the second one is him choking what appears to be a different person or the same person uh fucking her on the bed pulling the hair spit in the mouth like cool rock star shit how come the boring missionary section of that intercourse was not leaked why is it always the best part 
Is there more to it? Hmm. Somebody else in the comments on Twitter for this Drake video speculated. Could this be AI? Could this be Allen Iverson? It's Dick? No. Uh, could it be AI? I mean, a ridiculous question perhaps one month ago. But we are in the midst of an AI epidemic, as media would have you believe. I mean, there are literally pictures of Taylor Swift. Is it possible that this Drake leak is AI? It is possible. Let me just put that out there right, right from the jump. It is possible. Admitting that it's possible or acknowledging that it's possible does not therefore then mean that I am suggesting that it is the case. But in order to have a intellectually honest conversation in the year 2024, you must acknowledge that we have the technology. We can build it. We totally could make that seven second clip look like Drake. That's a fact. It is not necessarily a fact that that is what happened, but it is a fact that it could happen. So at least, can we all be on the same page there? That is the dick I'd give myself if I could computer generate my dick. If I could create a dick like on, on Madden, you know, I wouldn't get myself all 99 because I wouldn't want to be unrealistic. But maybe a 96 in length? No. I would give myself 99 being top. I would give myself like a an 88 in length if I was creating a dick. An 88 in length would probably be like seven and a half inches. I'd want it to be believable, you know? And then maybe like, you know, somewhere around that ballpark for girth too, whatever, tone, shape, endurance. Agility. That's what I'd do. I'd definitely give it 99 hardness. It, it's just, uh, I don't know. Some of these, some of these leaks just seem all too flattering to me. Unless I am to believe that every person in the main public sphere is just killing it in every department at all times, then I have to at least be open to the possibility, right? Maybe. Speaking of fake shit, I just got this laptop yesterday and it's like so not used to it yet. What else happened here? I'll get off the Drake thing. I'll get off Taylor Swift. I, I, I'm tired of talking about Taylor Swift. Um, uh, Joe Biden um, believes that uh, this is a tweet from Biden, the president of the United States. Um, this is tweeted from the at POTUS account. So this is the official president of the United States account. This isn't even Joe Biden's personal account. This, uh, you ought to be able to fly with your child. Hyphen. Not M dash, might I add. Hyphen. And sit next to them without paying an additional fee. It's time all airlines offered free 
fee-free family seating? No. How about no? I disagree. First of all, how? How? Second of all, why? Who cares? There's a lot of issues in the airline industry alone, much less everything. But even specific to the airline industry, there are so many bigger issues that come along with flying in today's age, such as um, not getting in a fist fight on the plane, not having the side of the plane fall off is, a, I would say, pretty big one. That would have been a good tweet. You ought to be able to fly with your child without the side panel of the airplane falling off in the middle of the sky. It's time all airlines offered planes that stay put together until after you land. That's a good tweet. Can I, can I run the presidential account? How about if you book a flight at 9.01 p.m., that's when it's supposed to take off, that flight should take off at 9.01 p.m. It's time all airlines offered flights that left and arrived on time. That's something I could get behind. How do you propose that all airlines allow unlimited seating for children on their planes? It takes up a seat. Like, I don't think they have, like, booster chairs and shits, like, uh, you know, extra in the back that they're just not using. As a flyer, I, I'm not, okay, I'm not a parent. I have no children. I hope to have children someday. I hope to bring them on planes. But hopefully, when it is completely appropriate for them to be sitting in their own seat. How about, ooh, how about this? You ought to not be able to fly with your small children unless you pay extra, extra. If your child has any potential to scream and cry for extended periods of time during this flight, then you should pay more. And then perhaps that would disincentivize people from bringing their small children on the fucking plane where I'm already trapped in a compressed air tube in the middle of the sky trying to do anything in my power to stay sane in what is most likely the middle seat of a spirit flight. I think that's a better idea. Why are you flying with your kids? And if you are flying with your kids, you have a choice. Do you know what that choice is? Hey, is your kid small enough to sit on your lap? If yes, is it worth it to you to not have them sit on your lap? Versus having them sit next to you for a few for another for the price of another ticket that's your choice every single parent gets to make that choice 
What, you can't have your kid sit on your fucking lap? It's your kid. It's, he's two. If your kid is not small enough to sit on your lap and therefore requires their own seat, then you should pay for that seat. Because otherwise, that's a seat that could be going to another paying customer. And if I'm the airline, and I'm now put in a position where I have to offer just a, a, a an indefinite amount of seats for the children of whoever happens to want to be flying, then that's a, a massive loss leader that I will be now taking on every time I fly. Or every time I do a, 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 I, I organize a flight. Because now there's going to be at least, you know, how many kids are on flights? Decent amount of kids on flights. You know, you take a standard plane, that's at least 10, 20 seats that are now going to be occupied for free by kids. And how do you think, how do we think that that's going to be compensated for? Do you think when this law, I mean, I don't even know, here's the other thing. Is this, like, what even is this tweet? That's the, the uh, let's, let's take a step back here. Because I'm getting into the ins and outs of it like this is a major public issue that needs to be addressed in Congress or something. In reality, what is this tweet? Is this a law he's proposing? Is this a bill? Or is he just like tweeting? You know what would be a good idea? On the... I think I think if you have a kid, you shouldn't have to pay for your kid on the plane. Well, you're the president, Joe. So what do you propose? Are you are you gonna, are we going to pass a law about this, or are you just throwing it out there? Either way, it's fine. But it is kind of odd, I would say, that that's that was an issue yesterday, apparently. But even so, again, how? All of a sudden, now there's 10, 20, 25 seats per flight that are occupied for free by small children. Do you think the airlines then go, dude, I can't believe this fucking law. Now we're going to make so much less money on every flight. I can't believe we, the airline, are going to have to eat the cost of not filling these seats for paying customers. Oh, Well, I guess that's just how the cookie crumbles. And we'll just have to leave the ticket prices the same and keep them affordable. And we're just going to have to eat that loss leader. No, obviously not. Do you enjoy flying to Miami for $60 sometimes on Spirit? Do you enjoy being able to afford flying to a certain degree? I do. I do. Can we imagine that now that seats are going to have to be provided for free to small children and also... Uh, there was a whole thing about like, you know, for people of size, as they call them. If you're ever wondering how to how to how to not be offensive and be very politically correct, just uh, take the the derogatory term and then flip it around. So so don't whatever you do, and especially on YouTube, do not say colored person. You piece of shit. Bigot. Do say person of color. Oh, that's so nice. Person of size. If you need two seats, you should pay for two seats. Because that is my incentive as a 31-year-old man to not need two seats. 
And it's also my incentive to not bring my kids on every fucking trip that requires a plane that I take. Maybe just the important ones. Because now we're getting to the point like they did. We let it happen with fucking dogs. I'm tired of dogs in the restaurant. I'm tired of dogs outside the restaurant, to be honest. I thought that was too far. I thought that was a bridge too fucking far. You know, people come out. They want your people are eating. There are people that are putting their masks on during COVID to stand up from their table and walk to the bathroom. Then coming back to the table, sitting down and proceeding to eat a burger next to a dog's ass. How does that make fucking sense? They should not be. Dogs are not for for private establishments. The only private establishment that your dog should be welcome in is a place that is for dogs, i.e. a vet or like a pet store or like a, a dog kennel or something or like a public park or the sidewalk or whatever. How, how entitled are you to bring your dog Okay, look, if you're on a walk and you want to stop and get a coffee, okay, blah, 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 whatever. I get that there's exceptions here. I get that this is not the perfect take of all time. But the sense of entitlement that people have to bring their dogs into places that sometimes dogs aren't even allowed in there and then they get those fake uh, uh, service dogs. Fuck you. Honestly, you're the worst type of person. If you have a fake service dog vest for your pet so that you can bring them into restaurants and have them sit on the floor and maybe, I mean, how do you know your dog's not, okay, maybe your dog's house trained. How do you know your dog's not just going to fucking rip ass? How do you know I'm not on a nice date or a nice night out eating a delicious steak or something and then the fucking golden retriever next to me just rips a smelly ass fucking dog fart? How do you know they're not going to, do they know not to do that? Much less if they're going to snap or bark or, you know, whatever. If they actually are going to piss or take a shit, which I've seen happen. Those are all, that's, that's the obvious. I'm talking about even the small stuff that you literally can't control. Dogs are not civilized beings. They're domesticated. They don't understand etiquette. Dogs don't have etiquette. Okay? They don't know which side the fucking salad fork goes on. They don't know please and thank you. They don't know don't. They don't have, like, they don't belong next to me while I'm paying for a meal. And that service dog thing includes people that have them as emotional service dogs. Fuck you too. I don't believe that. I don't believe that you need your dog with you everywhere you go in order to stay sane. That's made up bullshit. taking advantage of the system and you're undermining people with actual disabilities. You have anxiety? Join the fucking club. I have anxiety right now. Currently, as I speak. And I don't even own a dog. I have a fucking fish. And you know where he is? At home. Anyway. This has been a hell of a way to kick off the daily shit. (laughs) Until tomorrow. Peace. I bet you never heard old Marshall Dillon say, Miss Kitty, have you ever thought of running away? Settling down, would you marry me if I?
twice and beg you pretty please The seed have said yes in a New York minute They never tied a knot His heart wasn't in it He just stole a kiss as he rode away He never hung his hat up at Kitty's place I should have been a cowboy I should have learned to roll and ride Wearing my six shooter Riding my pony on a cat and drive Stealing a young girl's hearts Just like Gene and Roy Singing those campfire songs Oh, I should have been a cowboy 